Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Paranormal Journal. I'm your host, John Curley. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Just to let you know, this show is pre-recorded. But thank you for tuning into the Paranormal Journal, and I uh, hope you enjoy the show tonight. Well, folks, we're going to start this off with some of the cases that I have done over the years. Uh, some of the more intriguing cases that I've done, and and actually, one of the first cases I ever did was as Harrisburg Area Paranormal Society, which myself and Don Frank started uh, back in 2005 or so, 2006, I believe we started the Harrisburg Area Paranormal Society. Um, was uh, a, a case that I had gotten through a mutual friend. Uh, their house was uh, experiencing paranormal activity, and uh, the uh, mother actually was smacked by an unseen force in her bedroom. Uh, actually, as she got out of the shower, she had been smacked, and uh, they they had moved out. They had experienced, you know, minor levels of paranormal activity up until that point, and. Uh, when she got smacked by this unseen force, that was that was it. They uh, they got their stuff, and they moved out. They packed their stuff. They moved out of a house they had basically just bought. That house was just purchased. They they only lived in it a couple months, and uh, they were like, "That's it. We're done. We're gone." So uh, I had got with them, and um, they were like, "Here's the key. You go in, do what you want. There's no power turned on. There's no water." There's nothing. If you want any kind of power, you're going to have to take a generator because we had everything shut off. We're, we're selling the house. That's it. We're done. We're not going back in there. I'm like, wow, this is, and this is our first case as, as a paranormal team. And it's just me and Don. We have no members. It's just me and Don. And uh, we had very minimal equipment. We didn't really know what the hell we were doing. But, we, you know, we knew we were investigating. That was what we were, we were there to do was the final some kind of answer of what the hell was going on. And uh, we set out to do that. And that's what we did. And I'll tell you what, we did a hell of a job for our first investigation. So if Don's listening out there, kudos brother, because that was our first investigation that we had ever done uh, as a team. We had done other stuff together, but never as a, as a team, just me and him. And uh, we did a hell of a job and we nailed it. And we caught a lot. We caught a lot. We caught a lot of evidence in that case, and we had a lot of personal experiences uh, with the minimum of equipment with that we that we did have. It was uh, it was a success, and and that was the start of a, of a great great thing that uh, we created uh, with with the, with the Harrisburg Area Paranormal Society because we've been going strong for a lot of years. Uh, we've been a part of uh, television shows, uh, Ghost Nation, uh, The Haunted. Uh, I did a, a documentary with a, a Belgian film company. Uh, I mean, there's so many great things that have happened for us as a team. And uh, now we have new members and stuff. So it's 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 just, it's getting better and better and better. Uh, you know, we've eliminated a lot of things that we went, that went wrong, that we did wrong. And, and we learned from a lot of things that we did wrong. Uh, and like I said, a lot of those things were just just dumb things and not really knowing what you're doing. And you don't have any real guidance in this. Uh, you know, you're basically going off of what you've seen on TV or what you've read or 
you know, and, and it's not like that. You know, TV is definitely not like the real thing. So, you know, this was our first case, and man, it was a doozy. First case, unbelievable activity. And uh, we did get our first new member on that case, too, which was a female, and um, her name was Amy. Another great investigator that we had. I miss Amy. She was such such a good investigator. I, I hope she comes back one day. Uh, she does investigate here and there with us, but um, I tell you what, that that woman had some guts because, you know, she got into a, you know, I had a van, a work van, it had no, no work decals on it, nothing, and you know, she came to my house by herself, and got into a van with two guys she did not know, and uh, we went paranormal investigating, and. Uh, it was probably a scare. I think she felt a little better when she seen my wife. She met my wife, and then I think things calmed down for her. But I know she was probably like, "These guys aren't going to kill me." <laughs> so it was, it was pretty cool, and it was a great start of a great uh, friendship between all three of us. And uh, we started something that was really good, and it's still good. It's still going strong. And uh, I'll tell you a little bit more about this case. Uh, this case was in uh, Maryland, Westminster, Maryland. And I tell you, man, it was it was incredible. The amount of stuff that we had happened. We heard moans and knocks and bangs and uh stuff intelligently you know, intelligently reacting and answering questions. Uh it, it was it was it was phenomenal. And I tell you what, the more we investigated, the scarier it got, to be honest. Uh, it got more it more and more bolder every time we came. And um, it started to get a little freaky. I was having really weird dreams about the house, and it it was crazy. I mean, the first thing we, you know, experienced, you know, we pulled up that first night, and uh, Don Don comes out, and uh, he's like, you know, we're setting up cameras. I only had like a, uh, I think I had a four-channel DVR system back then and, and you know back then the camera systems weren't very good they kind of sucked a little bit they were grainy and you know not nowhere near the uh quality that we have today but uh you know Don's in there setting up the camera I'm in the van setting up the uh the monitor and the audio and the you know the, the TV and the DVR and he comes out and he's like dude I just had a door shut on me I was like, sure, it wasn't like the wind. And he's like, there's no wind blowing? I'm like, really? And I got out, and I'm like, he's right. And it was summer. It was hot. And uh, I'm like, wow, there is no wind blowing. That's kind of weird. And the house was, what was really odd about the house was um, it was really cool. Like cold almost. Like there was air conditioning in there. And it was the dead of summer, if if, if I'm not mistaken. It was definitely, it was uh, in July. Uh when we first did this case and the house was cold, which I thought was very odd considering it's July and you know, there's no air conditioning. There's no nothing. And the house was cold. Strange, totally strange. That house should have been like really stifling hot. And it, and it wasn't, it was actually like the air conditioning was on really weird. Don't have an explanation for it, but it, it was strange. Um, so, you know, that was the first incident, you know, door shot on him. I mean, you know, I'm still thinking in my head, you know, my head, my brain's giving, trying to give me a logical explanation to what had just happened. Did he really, 
experience a paranormal event or did the wind, you know, maybe he opened the door and it caused some kind of suction, boom, shut that door. That's what I'm thinking. I'm not thinking it's paranormal at this point. So Don, Don was swearing it was paranormal. I wasn't thinking that at first, but then as the night went on, more things started to happen and uh, definitely concluded that that was most likely something paranormal that did happen to him right away. Um, you know, we get everything set up. We get the generator on. Boom, we fire the generator up outside. Camera's rolling. Boom, lights out. You know, we, we were setting up during the day, so it got dark. Boom, we went lights. You know, it was dark. There was no electricity. Only electricity was coming from our generator. So, you know, we start investigating, and, you know, in all my infinite wisdom back then, you know, I said, you know, you know I'm going to provoke this thing, you know. I'm going to I'm going to challenge it. And uh I didn't like the fact that it assaulted a woman. And uh I said screw it. I'm going to challenge it. I'm going to bring it forth and, and see if it can do something to me. And uh lo and behold, my provoking uh definitely provoked it. <laughs> it definitely provoked it. Uh it let out this moan. Uh you know, I'm like I'm just going hard on the EVP, you know, questions. And I'm just like, come on, you know, challenge me, smack me, do what you got to do to me, you know. I'm throwing some profanity into it, you know, trying to get it, get the atmosphere charged up for this thing to uh, to do something. And uh, lo and behold, you know, I'm like, I'm just like, come on, you beep, beep, you know, you piece of beep, you know, and this, uh, this moon lets out like 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 through the wall, you know, and uh it's freaky, it's really freaky. I'm like, what the hell is that dude I'm like Don, Don's like, what so you didn't hear that they hear what I was like that moon is it not dude I didn't hear it I like, you gotta be kidding me and Amy Amy said, oh, I heard it. I said, dude, it was like a moon, like emanating out of the wall. He was, where did it come from? I said, I don't know, man. Something was like coming through the wall, like ooh, it was freaky, loud, weird moan. Freaked me out. I had like every freaking hair, every freaking hair of my arm was standing up on end. Uh, I had the cold chills. It was just freaking me out. I'm like, dude, this is freaking weird. I said that. I don't know where that sound came from, but it was definitely in the house. It sounded like it was in the next room, wherever, but like it came through the wall or something. It was freaky. And uh, <laughs> it, it just escalated from there. Uh, we were hearing voices, and, you know, I, I knocked on the uh, the fireplace mantle. I, I was like, you do this. You know, I banged like three times. Didn't get a response. I said, like, you do this? And I knocked on it once. Bam. And uh, lo and behold, man, it knocked back, like, really loud. Like, boom, on the, on the man. I'm like, whoa. And I was standing next to it, and I could feel it in the floor. That's how hard it hit it. I could feel it into that wooden floor. I'm like, ooh-wee. That was loud, dude. I said, that, I was like, that's really freaking loud. And uh, throughout the night, we just kept, experiencing more and more things uh we had went out to the van at one time and 
we had audio equipment running from the house to the van. And we were hearing the kitchen drawers open up. They were opening and closing. Boom, boom. We're here, you know, here a closet. Open up. I'm like, dude, that's the kitchen. There's there's things moving in the kitchen. The, the drawers were opening up. And uh, when we went in there, there was nothing out of place. But that was distinct sounds of the drawers opening up and the cabinets closing. But we didn't have a camera there. I was like, damn it, dude, we don't have a camera in there. So we disconnected the camera. We moved the camera over to the, the kitchen where it was in a utility closet, uh, like a laundry room, because they said they they had things happen in the laundry room. So we took it out of there, stuck it in the kitchen, and uh, upon return, this time, we didn't get anything in the kitchen, but where the room we took it out of, one of the, the uh, cabinet doors was open. And Don goes, dude, that wasn't open before. I was like, yeah, I know it wasn't. I said, this thing is pretty smart. It knows where we had, it knew where we had the cameras and it didn't do anything where the cameras were. I don't care where you had a camera placed. It would never do anything in that location where the camera was. It would only do it where there was no camera. So that automatically clicked into our heads. This is an intelligent haunting. There is something here that is able to think and see. Which is, which is quite scary. Uh, there's an intelligence with this thing. It's not just some kind of residual kind of a haunting where you're hearing residual footsteps or uh, residual knocking on a door or, or a residual voice or something. That this is this thing is intelligent. It thinks and it knows, which is is quite scary in, in a case where something's physical, because one. We can't see, we can't see this thing. So how can you fight something you really can't see? You know, I mean, people say, you know, holy water, sage. And, you know, I fell into all that line of that stuff over the years. And to be quite honest, it didn't work. It doesn't work. And uh, this house was one of the, one of the scary ones. Um, because like I said, it got physical with you and you can't see it. You know, and you can't really fight something you can't see. Uh, it could attack you at any minute, and you wouldn't know. Uh, we didn't get attacked, but we certainly had some things that would scare the living hell out of you. Uh, and uh, just, just the knocking and the voices, the, the uh, disembodied voices that we heard, uh, you know, they were incredible. And, and we were hearing these... Uh, snapping noises like someone was snapping their fingers like it was always like these three snaps like or these clicks we're hearing this click 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 these like hard clicks we were hearing and we couldn't explain what they were because one the snapping noises weren't us the clicking noises were nothing could be nothing electrical because there was no power the only power that was going on was from what we had from the from our generator that was it to our cameras that was it the cameras were in infrared and the cameras will make a clicking noise if light shines into the cameras and we we did think that through that maybe did we shine our lights into the cameras if you shine your light into the camera the camera will click off ir and it'll make a click like click 
click, but this is a, was a different kind of click, like a almost like a clicker you would have for uh, like a sports game or something, you know, but like click, 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 click. It was, it was weird, uh, unexplainable, totally unexplainable where it was coming from. Uh, but at, at one point, you know, in an investi- in, in one of our investigations there, you know, I'm in the room where the woman was assaulted and I'm definitely getting angry with it because I wanted to really do something to one of us to prove that this thing did get physical with this woman. You know, I wanted to prove it. That's what I'm there for. I'm there to prove uh, the existence of this, this entity. That's what you want to call it. And, uh, I'm like, come on, man, do something, do something in this room right now. Let us know you're in here with us. Do it, do it now. And I was really like forcing it, you know, like challenging it. I was like, do it now, do it now. And all of a sudden, man, the freaking they had only thing left in that room was a shoe rack. And it was a big shoe rack, a big metal one that hung over the door to the bathroom. And I'll be damned if that shoe rack didn't come off of that door and slam down. It, it lifted off the door and slammed down. That's the only thing I can think of what happened because when that thing slammed down, it scared all the hell out of me. I jumped up about three feet. I I turned around, hit my light on the door, and that thing was swaying back and forth on the door. I'm like, wow, man. And I was nowhere near that shoe rack to catch it. I was at least four or five feet away from that door. And uh, just me and Don looking at ourselves, like we were astonished. I'm like, Don's like, dude, it's in here with us. I'm like, damn right. It's in here with us. I said, you know, it's, it doesn't like to be challenged. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't like us challenging it. And uh, it was, it was a eerie, creepy feeling in there. And uh, after that, I was like, maybe we should get out of here for tonight, you know. And uh, we did pack it up, and we left. We left well enough alone because things were ramping up, and they were amping up. Like, you could feel it. You know, you could feel the, the, the tension in the house between us and whatever that thing was. Um, and, and the more we came back, the more it became just just it's an overwhelming feeling. Um, it's kind of hard to describe. Well, it's kind of, kind of like, you know, if, if you go to a, a bar, right, you go to a bar in another, in another neighborhood or something that you had grown up in, you know, when you walk in, like all these eyes are on you, like, and you're feeling it like, man, I'm not supposed to be here. And that's the feeling we started to get going back to this location. We investigated it quite a few times. Probably four or five times we investigated it, and each time we went back, it got worse and worse and worse. This feeling like, you know, and I never told Don until afterwards, but the more we kept going back, the more I thought one of us was going to get hurt. And uh, just even the second time we went back, you know, the attic was completely empty. There was just these huge rolls of carpet in the attic. And... uh, Don had went up into the attic, I, and I went up into the attic too. I went; it had a it had a pull down ladder that you know you go up into the attic, and and the ladder is real springy. You know, when you get weight on the attic, it's springy on the ladder. 
it kind of makes like a you hear the springs like moving and creaky it's a really creaky ladder and uh at one point we were in the van and we had the ladder down to the attic we went up to the attic and we hear what sounds like someone coming down the ladder coming down the at from the attic on the ladder you hear the ladder springing and moving like and you hear it creaking and i'm like there's someone on the freaking ladder and there's no one in the house me and don are sitting in the van and i'm like there's no one in there dude and he goes yeah no shit we're we're both sitting here i'm like there's someone on the ladder you know so we we both kind of get up quietly and you know we, the van is literally i don't know five feet away from the door where the the attic uh the attic you know to get into the house and the, the attic ladder is right past that door to get in and you know we creep over to the door look in there's no one there and uh, i tell you what it was an eerie feeling <laughs> knowing that there's something coming down out of the attic and it sure the hell wasn't us uh yeah it was just and I don't know what's in that house, but people live there now. But I'm telling you, I wouldn't live there. I personally would not live there. I wouldn't have my family live there. It was uh, it was just one creepy ass house, and we never really got to the bottom of it. We did try to research it, and and we couldn't find anything that was really negative with the house. But there was negative things in the house, like some of the EVPs we caught were. Just negative sounding, uh, you know, we heard a little kid, uh, like, just like, total, like, looking, like, calling out for its mother, like, going, mommy, mommy, you know, it, it was freaking sad, but scary at the same time, you know, and I don't know what happened, something happened in the attic, but there's nothing recorded in, in, like, criminal criminally wise or anything like that but something happened with someone who lived there and i think it had a lot to do with that attic maybe they put the mother and the, the kid in the attic or something i don't know because uh we had actually captured a voice over a uh a doorbell motion sensor in the attic don was up there he sets the sensor uh, earlier in the night and it's you know just a doorbell sensor you walk by it, it trips the ir light Bing, bong, bing, bong. You know, it does that kind of thing. So, later on that evening, you know, we set that thing early. We never had it go off or anything like that. But Don decides, hey, man, let's go up in the attic. So, I said, well, I'm not going to go up in the attic. I'm going to stay on the ladder. You go up in the attic and see what's going on. Oh, excuse me, folks. Uh, but, uh, so Don goes up in the attic and... He trips the motion sensor. The motion sensor goes off. Bing, bong, bing, bong. And then the EVP, you hear you hear uh, Don say, it's not paranormal. It's just me. But when the motion sensor, uh, motion, ugh, when the motion sensor originally goes off, you hear a woman over the motion sensor say, help me, please help me. Uh, and Don didn't hear it at the time, but when he got home and he put it on his uh, software, he heard it and he sent it to me he goes man i hear like i hear a woman saying something see if you can make it out i was like yeah yeah i'll send it over so you know i put it on my software and i said listen to it and i'm like whoa 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 dude whoa this is a woman 
I said, so definitely a woman's voice to you just saying, help me, please help me. And I, I cleaned it up for him, sent it back to him. He's like, oh, my God, dude, it is saying, help me, please help me. I was like, oh, hell yeah, definitely. And I said, you didn't hear that at the time, did you? He's like, no, nah, man, I didn't hear anything. He said, but I hear it now. I was like, what the hell, dude? So he, can, he comes down out of the attic, and we still have the ladder down. And... We're in the uh, the little laundry room. The, the attic ladder went down into a laundry room. And uh, so we're just sitting there and we're just shooting the breeze a little bit about things that we've been experiencing. And uh, I said, what's this? And see if there's anything up there. I said, I know you're up there. You didn't experience anything, but maybe there's something there. He's like, all right, what the hell? Is there, if there's anybody up there, can you make a knock? And all of a sudden, man, we get a response. Boom, there's a knock in the attic. A, a really loud one. We're like, whoa. Don's like, whoa. And I'm like, hell yeah, dude. That was a response. Like, Can you do it again? And it does like two knocks this time. Boom, boom. Boom. I'm like, then and another knock, like three knocks. You know, I'm like, there's nothing in that attic, dude. To be making that noise. He goes, hell no. There's just a roll of carpet up there. And uh, he's like, can you do it again? And it's like, boom, 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 boom. And there's things like moving around up there. Like, there's nothing there. There's nothing in the attic. And there are things moving around in the attic. And we're just, we're astonished. And it's doing this over a couple minute period of us asking it to make noises. And it's making them. And uh, it's almost like a direct response to us asking it to make noises up there. And it's doing it. Uh, it, it was insane. It was totally insane. I was just like, this is our first real case as a, as a paranormal team. And we are experiencing, you know, high levels of, of paranormal activity, which is, it was blowing my mind away because, you know, I got into this to disprove ghosts, not to prove them. You know, I watched things on TV and I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh man, you know, that, that all could be faked and this and that. And, you know. It, it could all be fake. So to experience this kind of high level of paranormal activity right away, it was crazy. It was totally crazy. I was like, this this is nuts. I'm not expecting this at all whatsoever. And uh, it was just the beginning of so many things that happened in that case. This Eventually, you know, it just got to the point where I think me and Don were both kind of afraid that something was going to physically happen to one of us, and uh, we didn't want it to happen, so we ended it. We just ended the case. Uh, we were uh, investigating a, a Civil War mansion in uh, Urbana, and you know we had to drive by that place to go home. So I still had the key to the location. This was the last time we were ever in that house. You know, I had to keep to the location. And uh, we were coming up on the street. And I was like, hey, hey man, I got the, uh, I still have the key to the uh, Westminster house. You want to go in? He's like, screw it. Let's go. So we pull in the driveway. It's around 3 in the morning. I mean, it's the witching hour. You know, it's 3 in the morning. We pull in the driveway. It's eerily quiet. You know, you pull up to the house and it's like, I don't know, it's just weird feeling when you look at the house and it just, I, I it's a weird feeling to us because 
we know what's in the house. There's something there. We don't know what it is, but we know there's something there. It's intelligent. It gets physical. It's it's creepy. So we pull up. It's three in the morning. It's dark. We get out. We don't have we don't have generators or anything like that, and uh, we don't have any of that. And we just have our digital voice recorders, our cameras. Uh, you know, or or handheld cameras and stuff like that. And I put the key in the door, turn the key, open the door. And, you know, I was fine until I opened the door. When I opened the door and I stepped into that room, I had this overwhelming feeling of dread. Like, we're not supposed to be here. It was like, almost like something was warning me this better be your last time here. You know what I mean? Like, I just had this overwhelming feeling. Not a good feeling. And I'm not a psychic by any means. Never claimed I was a medium. I had medium abilities. None of that. But I just got this freaky, creepy feeling that whatever was in this house was now relaying something to me in my mind. This better be your last time here. Or your next time is not going to be good you know so what i did was we you know we walked to the back went to the back room and where the where the where the woman was assaulted we went to the back room and uh, me and don were back there we're, we're gonna start an evp session and i'm like all right well, let's do it you know and i'm not feeling it you know i'm not feeling being in this house like i'm i want to i want to bail I, it was just a bad feeling i just had a bad feeling that something bad was going to happen and uh, i never said anything to don i didn't say a word uh we were just back there we started doing some evp sessions and then it started we started hearing this and the clicking noises again the same kind of noises we heard the night that shoe rack came off the door and uh, I just looked over at Don. I'm, I, literally, we were only in there maybe 15 minutes at the most. I looked over at Don. I was like, I ain't feeling it, man. He's like, what? I was like, that's not feeling it. I said, let's get out of here, man. I'm kind of tired. He's like, all right, man, let's wrap it up. Let's get the hell out of here. I was like, that sounds like a good idea. Let's go. And, uh, you know, as I was walking out that door, man, it felt like something was on my heels from the time I left that bedroom to the time I shut that door and locked it, I, I thought something was going to happen. Uh, I thought one of us was going to get yanked back into that house. Something bad was going to happen. Uh, I was, I was a little, I was a little, I was a little scared. I'm not going to lie. Uh, and I, you know, I, I, I let him go out first. I was praying to God, something didn't grab me and pull me back into that house. Um, cause that's the feeling I was getting. So I, I threw the lock on the door, shut the door, we got in the van, and we proceeded to go home. And uh, we're driving home, and we're just talking about the night uh, of being in, in a uh, historic mansion and investigating that. And we started talking about this, this case, and uh, this Westminster case. And I was just like, Don, I said, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I said, I was... Uh, 
I wasn't feeling it, man. I was kind of scared. He goes, dude, he said, I, he said, I didn't want to tell you, man, but the moment you opened that door, he's like, I just wanted to get the hell out of there. I didn't want to go in at all. I was like, dude, I had the same feeling. So we were both feeling the same kind of like fear of this location. I mean, we were feeling it. I was, I was wigging out a little bit because I was never felt anything like that before. I was literally kind of scared. And um, he admitted to me, uh, you know, that he, he was feeling scared too. And, and like something was going to happen. And it's exactly what felt like to me that something was getting ready to happen to one of us. And I didn't want it to happen. So we both agreed at that moment that, this was it. This, we're not going to continue this case anymore. This is it. We don't have an answer to what's going on. Uh, the homeowner's never going to move back in. And uh, this is it. We're just going to end it. And we did. We ended it. We never went back into that house again. Uh, we came away with some freaking amazing evidence for our first case. And I still have that evidence. And uh, I'm going to play it. Uh, I'm not going to play it tonight, but I will play it uh, on a live uh, broadcast of this. Uh, I'm going to do like an EVP night, and I'll bring this case back up, and I will play some of the EVPs that we caught in that house, and uh, they're they're amazing. They really are. They're, it's probably one of the best cases that we uh, investigated in all of our cases. It was just amazing. It was our first case, and it was one of the best cases that we had. Uh, it still blows me away that the amount of activity that we had. You know, we just went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And just like, man, are we, are we really catching all this stuff? Like, we're hearing all these voices and we're catching a lot of EVPs on the recorders. And we, we thought we were doing something wrong. And we're like, should we, are we doing something wrong? Like, why are we catching all these voices? We just couldn't understand it. And it was, it was the house. The, that location was, it was haunted. It's not like it was evolved around a person in this location. That location was haunted. Uh, and probably 85 to 90% of our cases, the activity is based around an individual. And you're going to hear me say that a lot because it is. Activity is a lot of this activity is based around a certain individual. It's not a location. That rare occasion, it's a location. But most of the time, it's based around an individual. This poltergeist kind of activity. And then, you know, it there's something that happens with this individual that sparks this paranormal activity. Whether it, it awakens something in the house or it, you know, these this person has a strong uh, like uh, telekinesis kind of thing going on in their brain where they're actually able to project paranormal activity. It, it, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. And, and a lot of these cases are based around people. I mean, almost all the cases that I've had have been around an individual. Sometimes it's a location like Landon house was, uh, was a location because of its, it's, significance and, and so much death that happened in that house and civil war and it was a hospital a lot of stuff has transpired in that location the westminster house definitely the location uh the, the case we did in dun cannon a location 
and an individual is Laura, which I will have her on. I have talked to her and uh, she was part of the, the show we did for The Haunted in Duncannon, Pennsylvania. Uh, her house was definitely haunted. Uh, there was an individual haunting that location, actually more than one individual, but she was a catalyst to the activity. She was the fuel to the paranormal to the paranormal activity, and I'm telling you, it was uh, it was insane. Yeah, the amount of stuff that we had, and that was another case. You know, the Duncannon case was uh, <laughs> on all levels amazing, uh, and we investigated that place for over a year, two years almost. We investigated that place. And uh, the, the more we investigated, the more stuff we got. Uh, we didn't see any full-bodied apparitions. Amy did see a figure in the house. Uh, Amy Amy did see that figure, about a six-foot figure, on the second floor. Uh, me and Don never seen one, but we... Actually, I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm sorry. I, we did see something. Actually, in the filming of The Haunted... Myself, Don, and the producer, uh, me and Don were outside talking, and we seen a white, free-floating figure. Well, I seen it, it passed in between two trees, and I didn't see it again, and I was like, what the hell was that? And Don said, you see that? I was like, did you see it? He goes, where'd you see it at? I was like. I seen it over there by those two trees. It passed in between two trees, like this white thing. He goes, dude, I seen it over here. So it moved really fast in between two trees, and then it was headed up to, uh, like, up a dirt road to a house that was up the dirt road. And the, the producer walked over, and we were talking about it, and she goes, what? I was like, it just seemed like an apparition. She goes, no way. I was like, yeah. It passed in between those two trees, and then when he seen it, it was up, up the dirt road a little bit further. And, uh, Come to find out, we did find out that the person that lived there used to go up that dirt road all the time and talk to the neighbor. And the man that passed away in that house, he did not want to leave that house. Which I'm going to save this. I'm going to save the Duncannon case for you because this was a good case. And it was a case that came around full circle for us. Uh, I've talked about it in other, in other uh, shows, but never really got into a fully... I want to get into a fully with Laura on the show and talk about it from the very beginning, from the time they bought it to the time they moved out. They did move out of that location. Um, and I definitely am going to have her on the show talking about all for Paramore events. And, and, and in fact, Laura actually became a member of the Harrisburg Area Paranormal Society for a, a point of, for a little bit of time. And uh, I tell you what, she was definitely a catalyst for paranormal activity and poltergeist activity. Uh, we investigated a bunch of places, and whenever she was with us, we got a ton of paranormal activity. I mean, a ton. And at one point, I was investigating with her, and she's sitting across from me. And I swear... I looked in her eyes, and her eyes, they were freaking glowing. Like, if you ever seen the movie Dune, when their eyes were blue, her eyes were blue. And uh, her eyes were naturally blue, but they just looked like they had some kind of weird glow to them. 
And I was like freaking out. I'm like looking at her and she's looking at me and I'm like, and you're freaking me out a little bit. And she's like, well, I'm like, your eyes are like, look like they're glowing. She's like, really? I was like, yeah, like I'm, I'm kind of wigging out a little bit. Like I'm not, I'm not like I'm seeing things or something. That's weird. But uh, in a lot of the cases that she did go on us, go with us on, man, we, we experienced a ton of activity. Uh, at Lantern House, uh, a couple residential cases we did. We did the Frankenberger uh, Tavern in in Mechanicsburg, where she actually got physically touched by something in the uh, in the tavern, and she she freaked out, man. She she got up, and I did catch it on film of her being touched, but you can't really see it, but you just see her reaction to it. Uh, she was wearing like flip flops, and something rubs her foot, and I mean she freaking reels up something just touched me i'm getting out of here and she she jetted out i looked at i had a camera on her there was a camera stationed in there and it was right on her right on her feet and everything it was great uh but yes laura will be uh she will be coming on the show and we're going to talk in great detail about her case and, and a lot of the things that she's got going on and how she's living in now is also experiencing paranormal activity. Yes. She is definitely 100% a catalyst for paranormal activity. Definitely. It's everything that, uh, that I've read about and, and even that I've talked to Dr. Barry Taff about. It is most certainly based around an individual. This poltergeist activity. Uh, you know, you're going to see... You're going to see and hear a lot of things from TV, other paranormal groups that are on like Facebook and social media and YouTube. And you're going to see a lot of things that are really outlandish and, and, you know, they think they're doing right, but they're doing more harm than good in most cases. Uh, you know, these exorcisms and, you know, they're going in places and things like that just, People need to really, really reevaluate how they do things when it comes to paranormal investigations because we're dealing with people's lives. Uh, this is some serious stuff. There is serious things out here. I'm not going to say the D word because I've never experienced anything demonic. So I'm not going to say the D word. I won't do that. But I will say there are things that are not explainable. And can they hurt you? It's possible. I'm not gonna not gonna alleviate out that they can't hurt you because they most certainly probably can. And, and some of the cases I'm leaning toward, they they will hurt you. Uh, just in that case, in the Westminster case, it was just like that. You know, I mean, I think if we'd have kept poking the bear, the bear was gonna wake up and finally get tired of it. You know what I mean? It was just one of those things, man. It was it was weird. It's a weird case, unexplainable, totally unexplainable, unpredictable of of what was going to happen. And, and eventually, I think something bad might have came, came about it. Uh, just like uh, I've read a lot of things of, um, of other real paranormal investigators that out in California, like Dr. Pat, Dr. Taft's uh, people that he was dealing with back in the 70s and 80s, uh, they did the, the San Pedro haunting. Uh, this house was, uh, 
rented out by a, a woman named Jackie Hernandez, and uh, not after not long after she moved in, they started experiencing paranormal events, pounding in the walls, uh, this ooze oozing out of the the walls and the the cabinets and stuff like that. And you know, upon testing some of this stuff, it was actually human blood. It was really blood, like broken down blood plasma. Uh, that's totally unexplainable. How the hell can blood plasma be coming out of a cabinet, out of drawers, out of the wall? You know, that just it's not scientifically possible, but it's happening. Uh, in this case, it was a pretty serious case. The San Pedro haunting is uh, documented as probably one of the most craziest poltergeist activity cases uh, ever documented. Actually, it's it's pretty pretty nuts if you read about it, or you could, you could actually watch some of the real evidence on like youtube and stuff like that definitely check it out it, it is a creepy creepy haunting uh one of the uh photographers his name was jeff wheatcraft he was actually hung in the attic by this entity it had fastened a uh, clothesline around his neck pulled him up onto a rafter onto a nail and was literally strangling him to death uh, luckily, there was another photographer in the attic with him, and they were able to get him down and out of the attic. But, uh, you know, before that happened, they were in the attic taking pictures, and something snatched the camera out of his hand and disassembled the camera. Now, there has to be some sort of intelligence to disassemble a camera. It didn't break the camera. It disassembled the camera, took the camera lens off, and had it at two different separate locations in the in the attic. Now you, that needs some kind of intelligence, which this thing was acting on intelligence. There was poltergeist poltergeist activity in the location, but there was also an intelligence along with this poltergeist activity. Uh, they were having major major things happening. Like I said, Jeff Wecraft was hung in the attic. Uh, the camera was snatched. He was being shoved. Uh, these light anomalies were appearing everywhere. Uh, one of the, I think uh, Jackie Hernandez's daughter had a strange mark on her head after the hanging incident, like uh, almost like a bruise that wasn't there and all of a sudden was there. Uh, just poundings in the wall. It really, really creepy, creepy, freaky stuff, man. I mean, it's the kind of stuff that nightmares are made of, if you know what I mean. It's seriously crazy, and the stuff that happened in that house, it followed the investigators home. It followed the investigators home. So, you know, even paranormal investigators aren't safe from the these things. Like, they can follow us home, and it's happened to me. I've, I haven't had quite that, that you know, that touchy-feely kind of stuff like they had, but the stuff that they were experiencing was insane. Uh, you know, they were having, uh, at one point, uh, Barry Comrade had a pair of scissors flung at him and hit the pillow so hard it, it stuck through the pillow. Like, this is this is crazy that an entity has that much power and force that, you know, it was turning the burners on, throwing bullets, a box of bullets onto the burner. Uh, shoving them against the wall. I mean, just doing totally, in, 
totally insane things to these guys. And, you know, eventually the, the activity stopped. But over a few months, it, it was it was cre- incredibly insane of how much stuff that was physically being done to them, not residually. It was physically smart and doing things, tables being, you know, lifted up off of the ground, thrown down, uh, chairs being thrown around, books being thrown around, knives being thrown around. That, that's, that's, that's nuts. That's beyond anything that I've ever experienced. I've never experienced anything like that. And uh, I've been doing this for 20 plus years and never seen anything like that. Physically dangerous. I mean, that's, you're getting into the point now where you're talking about that's totally dangerous. It's not safe at all. You know, you, you have an investigator hung, scissors are being thrown and almost taking someone's face off. I mean, you're at a level now where someone could possibly get killed by an unseen force. Creepy, right? Totally creepy. I, I It's just... It's one of those things, you know, that's unexplainable and it's unpredictable. Just like, you know, you see these guys, you know, and you're, you you watch their, their story on it and it's, it's insane. It really, I hate to say the word insane, but it is because you don't think that this is something like movies are made of. You know, this is, this is a conjuring movie, but it's real life. You know what I mean? It's like a movie, like, they're having these supernatural events happening that are dangerous. I mean, I've had stuff that that have borderline scared the hell out of me where I'm like, I'm, I'm afraid, you know, like, could this get physical? It never has, but it's come to the point where it's freaked me the hell out, where I was... I was afraid that something bad was going to happen. And, you know, in one of my cases, something bad did happen. Um, and, and I will discuss that because I'm going to have them on the show. I'm going to have the, the, the Mazajadas on the, on the show talking about everything that they've done, everything not that they've done, but they've experienced in their life with this paranormal phenomena that's basically been following Julie around her whole life and uh, she's going to talk about that stuff with us real soon real soon it's an interesting case it's a sad case that i've done uh probably the saddest case i've done something that changed my life changed my life forever um it's, it's a case i'll never forget and the mazajas i'll never forget and we're we're really close friends and um i kind of treat all my clients like family you know um once you you do a case with with me i'm here for you for the duration I don't, as long as the haunting's happening and there's still stuff going on they can my clients can always call on me and i'll be there for them uh if you want me to come out i don't care if it's five years down the road 10 years down the road you're scared you need me i'll be there and i'll be there to help you because i care about them I, you know this is I'm not one of these investigators that, you know, it's a one investigation and done. You never saw, you never talked to him again. No, that's not me. 
you you want me to investigate i'm there you need me i'm there uh if, if there's there's been a couple of cases where i've been out of town working and people needed me but i couldn't make it because i was out of town working but uh, when i come back i make damn sure i'll be there that's for sure I've never had a client been really disappointed in me. I've had some crazy ones over, <laughs> over the years. That's for damn sure. Um, people, uh, you know, there's there's some people out here that got some really wild imaginations, and um, it's 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 something I'll tell you. You never know what the hell is going to happen. <laughs> you get. You get some people, you get in the house, and they say, oh, we're having this, this, and this, and this, and this, and that, and they're possessed, and they're this, and this, and I'm like, okay, well, let's see, you know, and you get in there, and it's really nothing going on, you know, you're like, okay, we'll be back, and we'll come back, and just because you don't get anything the first time doesn't mean the house is not, uh, not haunted. You can go into a house and not experience any kind of paranormal phenomena. You know, it's, it's like I said, the, the activity is totally unpredictable. So you might go on an investigation. You might not have nothing happen. It's, it happens. Uh, the, the main goal is to keep going back, keep going back, keep going back. And if there is nothing when you keep going back and you keep going back and you keep going back, then you can come to the conclusion that, hey, maybe there's nothing paranormal going on here. Um. A lot of times, if there is something paranormal going on that going on in the location, uh, it lets itself known fairly quick. I've never been into a place where it was a lot of activity, you know, claims of activity, and we didn't get anything. You know, uh, it would it pretty much pronounces itself right away. It might take a couple of hours, but then something something will happen. You'll hear a voice, or you'll hear a lot of times it's voices. Your EVPs. Um, some of them are disembodied, but some of them are low. You know, like real, real whispery, like on a a level that you really can't hear with the human ear. You you have to really be plugged into a set of headphones to hear these voices, and you have to amplify the voices to even hear them on audio most of the time. But some of them you hear out loud, like. We're talking right now, which are disembodied voices, which are amazing. And uh, it's totally unexplainable. But it does give some validation that maybe when you die, you're not really dead. Your subconscious lives on. And you're still able to talk and think. Arises a big question. Do we really die? I don't I don't know. I don't know if we really die. I I'm leaning toward we don't. I'm really I, you know, I was on the fence with it for a long time, talked to a lot of people, and you know, there are things out here that aren't ghosts. I'm not gonna call them ghosts. There's these things. Don't know what they are. Have no idea. Now, other people will tell you these black things and stuff like that are ghosts and they're this and that, but that's all theory. There's no proof in it. There's no validation in it. It's all theory. 
all the shows are talking about black entities or demons and uh, you know i've ran across these black things more more than one occasion and uh, i can't say that they were demonic because nothing happened i seen them i seen them within feet of me and nothing bad happened it was creepy don't get me wrong it scared me but uh nothing demonic happened i didn't get possessed i didn't get scratched i didn't get pushed in fact those things were just as scared as me scared of me as i was of them uh and in fact they went in the opposite direction that i was in when they seen me so are they demonic it's hard to say i you know demonic things are far and in between when it comes to paranormal investigations some groups out there are going to say that uh, every case they have is demonic and you know, they have demonic hotlines and this and that, you know, I don't, I don't believe it. You know, seeing is believing, you know, uh, which speaking of demonic things, uh, we're going to have uh, Pastor Bill Bean on here and uh, I was supposed to interview him uh, Monday, but uh, I get caught up with work and I couldn't. So, I will be interviewing him real soon, and we're gonna have a pre-recorded, uh, a pre-recorded paranormal journal with with Bill Bean, and he's an exorcist, and he does deliverances, and he was actually part of a negative haunting uh, in Baltimore. We're both from the same hometown, Baltimore, Maryland, and uh, we know some of the same people. And uh, he was, he grew up in a negative haunting. Um, a demonic, a demonic haunting, a demonic haunting he grew up in. Uh, his house was, has, he's been aired on uh, a haunting, uh, many, many shows he's been on. And he actually helped me out on a, a case I did in Newcastle. He did a deliverance in a house uh, that we investigated. So, uh, you know, I, I've known Bill for uh, quite a lot of years now, and uh, he's helped me out. Great, great guy. Great guy. Check him out. Go to his website. It's uh, BillBean.com. He's got the Bill Bean Ministries. And uh, hello, hello, a nice guy, man. I mean, this guy would, he would give you the shirt off his back if he could. Great, great guy. And I will have him on this show really, really soon. Within the next two weeks or so, he'll be on the show talking about uh, his ministries, the stuff that he's done. And we're going to talk about his, uh, demonic haunting that he lived in his house in Baltimore in uh, Glen Burnie area, which I know quite well. So folks, that's our, went really quick talking about some of our stuff. Thank you for tuning in with me and uh, please spread the word paranormal journal every Friday night at 9 PM. And I do have Saturday nights. We do uh Saturday night frights. Uh, hosted by the Paranormal Journal with me, Christy Scott. And we have just call-ins about people. If they want to talk about their uh, paranormal experiences, they call in. Uh, locations call in. People investigation, investigating haunted locations will call in, give us updates on their uh, paranormal investigations. Hillview Manor called in a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Franklin House Tavern is going to be coming on with us again and talking about, uh, we're going to be talking with Jen. Who's the manager of Franklin House Tavern? And she's going to be telling her, telling us about all of, of their ghostly experiences in the Franklin House Tavern, which is going to be freaking awesome. 
because that place is super haunted. And uh, thank you for tuning in and listening. And uh, definitely come back every Friday, 9 p.m. And hit Saturday Night uh, Frights, too, because uh, that's fun, too. So thanks all. Have a great night. And uh, I'll see you next Friday, 9 p.m. Good night, all.